0: Welcome to The Creator State, where we share stories of social innovation and entrepreneurship for movers, shakers, creators, and changemakers. Each episode will celebrate success and failure, ingenuity, and the endless pursuit of knowledge. From education to implementation, join us as we explore everything in between. The Creator State. Rafael Lopez knows when to press play. As a DJ, music producer, and artist based in Palm Desert, California, he's known as Alfalfa. He creates and performs hip-hop and electronic dance music for nightclubs, festivals, and parties, sometimes from the inside of one of his 70s-era Volkswagen buses, customized and retrofitted as a mobile DJ booth. Alfalfa began his career as a DJ while attending the University of California, Riverside, where he played soccer for the Highlanders and was a founding member of the UCR Chapter of Hip Hop Congress. Following an album release in 2009 and a self released beat tape the following year, Alfalfa was invited to perform at the annual Coachella Valley Music and Art Festival in 2011 and has been an artist at the festival every year since. In addition to DJing for brands across the globe and launching a new label, Super Sonido Sistema, DJ Alpha is also an educator sharing his time and talents with high school students through a 6-week DJ workshop. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm your host Rick Kirby Hines. Welcome to The Creator State. So, I uh, welcome to The Creator State. Uh, my name is Rick Kirby Hines. Today I am excited to welcome DJ Alpha Alpha and we'll talk about the name immediately after I, I talk a little bit about You coming back to UCR, uh, having been a student here, having done some pretty dynamic things while you were on campus, having to do with DJ and having to do with hip-hop. But I want to start off by by first welcoming you back to the campus. Thank you. And um, secondly, I want to begin with the name. Tell me about the name because it it has connotations, as most hip-hop names do, um, and also it has a unique spelling which most hip-hop names do. So talk right. a little bit about that first.
1: So um, it was great great being here. Thanks for the invite. Um, the name Alfalfa came to me when I was in high school. It was given to me. Uh, like most nicknames, you know, you don't just call yourself, start calling yourself. Usually your friends start calling you. Right. Um, so one of my friends was throwing a party, uh, and he was like, hey, I want to make... A flyer and I want you to DJ my my party. And at that point I had, I didn't have a DJ name. I was just in my bedroom yeah. mixing, yeah. you know, I'm like a junior in high school. And my friend, he's a senior in high school. So he's like, he was always encouraging me. Like you got to you get your name out there. We got to throw a party and, and have you DJ. And my name is Raphael. Uh, and so people call me Rafa, like 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 Rafa. So yes. I had told him, because he was like, what should we put on the flyer? And I was like, well, why don't we put Alpha, like Ralfa, like Raphael, like, Rafael, like uh-huh. Ra- Alpha Ralfa. And when I said that to him, he like looked at me and he was like, that's horrible. Like, <laughs> that's not a good name, you know? But he was like, I think when I told him Alpha, like Alpha Ralfa, yeah. like something triggered in his head. And so he went home. Made a flyer. The next day when I walk into my chemistry class, you know, someone shows me a flyer and it's like alfalfa. And they're like, they're like, you're, you're alfalfa. <laughs> and then like from that, from that uh, flyer, basically, from that day, everyone, all my friends started calling me alfalfa. Yeah. And like you said, alfalfa has a lot of different meanings, yes. you know. It's, uh, you know, alfalfa, the little rascal. Right, right. You know, uh, which is a very classic kind of a movie, you know, and right. so also alfalfa, like horses eat alfalfa. It's right. like a, pl- a plant, you know, and then alpha, right. which is just number one right. being like an alpha male and then alf, which is like the artificial life form, the, <laughs> the alien. <laughs> so you
0: stumbled into like, you know, one of the best things you can have, I think, in hip hop culture, which is, you know, either a moniker or a, a, a persona. Mm-hmm. with multiple incarnations. Yes. So, you know, with the Wu-Tang Clan, they, yes. they gave each other multiple names. They, they would select multiple names. But you had a name with multiple incarnations. Absolutely. So just a little bit, can you talk a little bit about starting off from high school when you were here at UCR, some of the things that you did while you were on campus that helped to catapult you or to guide you or to push you in the direction uh, that you ultimately went in?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, music's been kind of in my blood, you know, since I was a youngster, you know, and when I was, I was, my parents aren't musical at all. My parents were the ones that would always throw the party in the backyard and say like, hey, we're going to hire a mariachi band for, for your birthday. And, you know, so I was always had this appreciation for music, you know. And so when I was in high school, you know, I was I was really fascinated with hip hop culture and uh, specifically the technique of scratching, like being a DJ and being able to manipulate a record. Yeah. And so, you know, in high school is when I. I, I, you know, mowed enough lawns to buy two belt driven turntables and and started teaching myself how to DJ and uh, got familiar with hip hop, you know, and doing research, watching Grandmaster Flash in the kitchen, Wild Styles, you know, right, like right. seeing that uh, those were kind of the people I was looking up to, the pioneers of hip hop as kind of like, but this was before, you know, there there was tutorials on YouTube uh, it was very much a lot of trial and error, you know? So as a youngster, you know, buying turntables, it was very frustrating. You know, I, no one, no one in my family is a DJ. No one knows anything of what I'm doing. I'm just like in my room trying to figure out, you know, my parents are like, what's going on?
0: Like, So you're doing this in, you're you're doing this in high school. You, 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 you acquire your name as a junior, Mm -hmm. uh, junior, senior in high school. And And I started doing more house parties. I
1: started kinda I started getting out of the bedroom and and starting to do these house parties. You know, and you know, it was when I really reached college is when when I came to Riverside is when I started working with the campus. Uh, well, that that's an interesting story in all together too. So talk about that because
0: you're you know when you come to Riverside you had a research one university. We don't do hip hop here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I take that back. Well, but um, so tell me about about what that was like. So yeah. Transition. So when I when I tr-
1: when I transferred to UCR, um, it was. The internet was still obviously a new kind of thing, and there was this thing called MySpace. And yes. so, you know, I'm I, I moved to Pentland, you know, yeah. uh, and so I'm staying in my 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 dorm, you know, and I'm like I don't know any. I'm like, there has to be some kind of culture here. Like, so I go on on my MySpace and I'm like, look at the bulletins. Yeah, you know that, and then it was like, hip hop congress looking for dj are you like a you know they were asking people that were like either graffiti artists break dancers involved in hip-hop you know the elements of hip-hop poetry emceeing and djing and they were looking specifically for a dj and so i responded immediately and i said i'm new on campus you know i'm a i'm a dj and then you know, lo and behold, uh, on the other end of that was Gopi. Yeah. And Gopi was like, I need a DJ tomorrow. Like, uh, can you DJ for me tomorrow? I have the DJ gear. You just need to bring records. And this is before laptops. You yes. know, this is not like I pull out my laptop and start DJing. Like, and I was very anxious. I, and I was like, Oh man, all my records are in Palm Springs, you know, in Palm desert at my house. But I got in my car, I literally drove home, got two crates of records And drove back to do it the first ever to Dow Tuesday
0: that is cool so I want to get back to that I just want to say something about record crates Um, when I was here at UCR as a student one of my friends was also a DJ and he would DJ clubs and the way you got into the club was you grabbed a crate of records and you followed in behind him absolutely and you just stayed in the club absolutely took your jacket off and had your cool gear underneath so Um, so 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 the next day tell me about what happens now with with, with hip hop congress tell me about uh, at the bell tower like like just give us a little bit of, of of what what that meant what the next day was after you had said yo i want to do this i'm doing show it tomorrow
1: Yeah so i was like you know i was anxious to meet people and stuff so i i literally went home got my records uh i had talked to gopi gopi um Called me and he was just kind of gave me the rundown, you know. And so he was like, "We're gonna DJ. We have an hour at noon. Yeah. Uh, you're gonna DJ at the Commons in front of pretty much everyone walking by at UC Riverside." And we just want to create a good atmosphere. And he was like, "You know, there might be a couple break dancers come out and like, you know." And so I was like, "Okay, cool." I went home, got a bunch of records, came back, and I I was like in the zone. That one, yeah. I was like in the <laughs> zone. I was uh, I was definitely playing you know music and just kind of vibing off the crowd and we ended up getting a nice uh, b-boy circle yeah and it was all organic you know like uh this is all organic it's not like we you know we told b-boys to come it was literally people going to their class that heard music yeah stop and then just like take their book bag off and like start break dancing you know so we were engaging a lot of these students on campus. And and so what Hip Hop Congress was, we you know, we were using the elements uh, to just kind of create uh, the elements of hip hop and, and to create positivity and spread, uh, you know, spread uh, just kind of... Um, positivity through creating through art and and so that's what hip-hop is it's yes. making something out of nothing you know yes. and taking whatever you have and whether it's an old record and sampling it and making a beat and and making it your own and putting your own stamp on it and so what we were doing is we were bringing kind of uh, that hip-hop flavor to UCR
0: that's very cool and I th- I, I think that um some of that equipment was equipment that um, that I had. It was your equipment. That I no, had. no, it wasn't some of your equipment. It was all
1: of your equipment. It was through the, the theater class.
0: Here's what was beautiful is that I remember when Gopi, you know, approached me and um, said, Curb, you know, is there, is there any DJ equipment on the campus? And I had, when I was hired, part of what what my hiring packet included was two turntables, speakers, uh, mics. The mixer. And, 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 you know, and at the time, that was... An, an anomaly That was an odd thing to, For a professor to ask for Absolutely But what It, it, it became something So useful and so vital um, For the classes that I teach And especially for what happened With hip hop It was
1: very vital For, for us You know yeah. The fact that And I want to say thank you For bringing that equipment Because that equipment
0: By the way Those two speakers Are still in my uh, Oh They still work too. <laughs> Nice But you're saying Because we took care good care Of absolutely, spirit, absolutely. you. Know? Absolutely <laughs> Absolutely So you're saying no, The equipment was The equipment
1: uh, I mean It was technique turntables yeah. You know And so like it was like wow, I'm I'm DJing on technique turntables. Like I have to like play good, you know. Like yeah. it was inspiring for me as a youngster to come on campus and be be able to have access to that equipment.
0: What is your creative process when it comes to you deciding what a set might look like um, when you are pulling you know music? Like talk a little bit about your your creative process for for DJing.
1: Yeah, so every set is different. You know, I've I've never been the the DJ that is like. I'm going to play these 10 records in the same, like, like I've never really been that kind of DJ because I've, I've more, I'm very freestyle, you know, and the way I kind of describe it is almost like jazz, you know, it's very improv. So when I go to a set, uh, go to a club or, you know, and I'm going to go DJ, you know, I have an idea. I'm saying like, oh, I think the party is going to, they're going to want to hear these records. Right, right. But, I always have an arsenal of music where I could fill in, you know, whether it's, you know, the demographic. If it's like, you know, a lot of older people and they want to hear more funk and soul yeah, and they want to hear like Al Green or like James Brown and kind of keep them over there. But then if it's like if it's a mixed crowd, then, you know, I'll do a little bit of both. You know, I'll I'll throw some hip hop some R&B, you know, and kind of like, or even electronic, you know, like just kind of figuring out, it's all about reading the crowd. And so as a DJ, I would say, like, obviously, you have to have the skills to like mix records and keep the tempo on. But you also a huge thing, which is probably almost like 50% of it is what are you going to play, you know, like, and, and, and playing the right Type of music at the right moment.
0: So part of your creativity is happening live. It's happening as as you're reading the dance floor.
1: Absolutely. And
0: uh, you know whether you're losing or if it's getting hype or you know what's what's happening in that moment.
1: And I'll zone in on certain people too. Like as uh, I like I I like it's like almost like you're reading people's energy, you know. And so like I'll, I'll I'll zone in on a couple people and specifically obviously people that are dancing, you know. Like when I see people responding to to certain records then i'm like okay i'm gonna take them i'm gonna take them here 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 you know so it's kind of it's happening organic so i'll get on the mic too and and i'm like crowd participation you know like let me see your hands up if you're feeling good and it all depends on the energy that's why i say every set is different you know sometimes that's interesting yeah and then i also zone in on people that aren't feeling it like that are like that are like that maybe aren't feeling it and then my i'm like I want, I want, want to get this person to get out of their seat and start jumping, you know? Nice. So then I start kind of vibing off their energy because it's weird. It's like one of those things as a DJ, like, you know, when I'm playing these events that are pretty open and like, I'm trying to make everyone happy, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I, I mean, which is kind of crazy to say, like, because people are like, oh, don't try to please everyone. But as a DJ, I sometimes, I do try to make everyone have a good show, you know, and enjoy what I'm playing, you know? So they can say like... Oh man, that one record you pulled, yeah, I was feeling that, and I'll see it. I'll see people's reaction, and it it always, um, I get a kick out of that for that's, sure.
0: That's that's very cool. I I was I was reading or or I think watching a video where we were, where you were talking about um, your. Your desire or you, your enjoyment for smaller spaces or smaller yeah. audiences versus the larger spaces like a Coachella or yeah. so. So, so going back to what
1: you had just said, like you like you said, like oh, you would imagine me just playing like boom. And so for my Coachella sets, yeah, I do like I. It is a huge crowd. Like yeah. when I play at Coachella inside the dome, you know, at like midnight, there's like two, three thousand people there. You know, and the energy is like you know, pumping. You yeah. know, people want to hear the bangers. Like, at that point, you know, it's like I'm not going easy on Like, <laughs> I need to, like, play, like, really, uh, you know, like, f- obviously, like, music that's appropriate for that moment, you know? And it's not that – so that set is completely different than a small – you know, a smaller club set, you yeah. know? But, yeah, I, loves, I love the smaller – Club vibe because I feel uh, this connection. It's almost like uh, I describe it almost as like dancing. Like I'm I'm dancing with the audience, you know. Wow. And so I, you know, you don't want to like, you know, step on your partner's foot, you know. Yeah. So like I want to play music that is appropriate for us, and we're doing this dance, and then it's reaching this kind of pinnacle, you know. And and I I do play that. I'll, I will take the energy up, but it's not going to be right off the top. It's going to be kind of like. A gradual, you know, like a ride, like a roller coaster ride.
0: What is it for you, uh, as a DJ, that that you find the most satisfying, the most compelling? Uh, and we we kind of talked a little bit about it, uh, about you know, getting that person up out of their seat, mm-hmm. about rocking two thousand folks at a time. Uh, is there is there anything else, uh, you know, that for you you may go? Here's something that people may not even think about
1: yeah well i mean it's also i think being a dj too you have this responsibility of kind of introducing people to new music you know and it's not just playing you know like the stuff you hear on the radio you know it's it's that's kind of I feel like that's kind of cheesy like oh I could I could go ahead and play the top 40 songs but that's not the type of DJ I am I like to or you'll hear a top 40 song but yeah. you'll just hear a different version like an acapella over like a different beat you know you'll hear you'll hear it but it's kind of like it's opening people up to maybe not just going for like that you know it's like taking them out of their giving them something that they know but then they hear it differently and like that's that's what i like like as a dj kind of introducing people to to almost like the underground like there's a whole world out there of music and i feel like a lot of people you know like uh they appreciate that they appreciate getting exposed to like you know, that's why these apps like Shazam, uh-huh. you know, like people right. want to know what's what's happening, you know, and I use that app a lot, you know, whenever I'm out. But it's it's like this this responsibility of, like, introducing people to new music and keeping it fresh. Yeah. You know, and then the, and that helps all of us in the long run. So we're not playing all the same music. And, you know, it's always this this layer of like searching for the perfect beat, which is a classic kind of hip hop. Of course, of, of course. Yeah. Of course.
0: Um, it's interesting. You you you. Talked about this idea of of introducing an audience to to new music, or or it, in a way a form of educating, and I know that you're doing more formalized types of education um, out in the desert. Can you talk a little bit about the what you what you're doing in that respect?
1: Yeah, about five years ago, the Palm Springs Unified School District reached out to me, and they were basically like, "We want to start doing after-school programs uh, where you teach students how to DJ." And I was on board, yeah. like that was a great idea. They, the, school, the school district invested into five um, MacBook laptops and five DJ controllers, ah. pioneer DJ controllers. And we're using Serato DJ, like yeah. the top of the line uh, software that like the professionals use. And so, yeah, for the last fi- past five years, I, I do I'll do a six week DJ program at all the high schools in the district. And, uh, you know, we, because of the number of controllers we have, we could only take about 10, yeah. you know, around 10 students, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's really it's really great to to be able to introduce, um, you know, th- and I'm a hip hop DJ from the beginning, you yeah. know, like uh, two turntables and a mixer. But literally these the, I, t- I teach the students. From the old school i I bring out the turntables from the first day you know and i show them like hey this you know you have a controller but it's all based off of these two techniques and the mixer and so they really love it a lot of the students have never seen a vinyl record working you know and and so it's it's fun for me to introduce them and you know even show them 45s you know like the little records and so basically give them a history of of hip-hop you know but and, and then and then See that, and now then with like the laptop, you know, yeah, taking yeah. it to this other level where, you know, they they um, yeah, they're very open to the idea of, this is, of music.
0: This is so I, in, in my hip hop theater class that I teach here, at UCR, I am um, I will often uh, bring in DJ or DJs to introduce students to to that element. Mm-hmm. And you know what's 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 interesting is we'll hear DJs mixing and scratching and and for me back in the day when when you know I, I would go to clubs or I would go to events I would find myself fascinated by by the DJ and and break dancers like I I would spend time just standing watching the DJ mix and you know when we when we when you hear it work when it works, it's, it's like, man, that is so dope. I should do that. Yeah. And then when you put your hand on a record, um, you realize the, the type of work that goes into that. Absolutely. Tell me about, for you as an instructor, what what that's like and how did, you know, education play a role in what you're doing now as an educator mm. uh, with, with DJ.
1: So, I mean... Uh, it's it's patience too. Like be, be you know. If you, I tell the students you know you have to be patient. You know and like it's not you're not gonna be like an amazing DJ like right off the bat. You know and I think nowadays with you know how fast the world moves with technology and stuff like if the kids don't get it after like an hour they're like I, this what I'm I'm you know. But you know for example like for for someone like myself yeah. like you know. It took years for me to even just start DJing in front of people. Wow. You know, like I was in my bedroom DJing for 2 year, 2 wow. 2 years like just getting the yeah. fundamentals, you yeah. know. And so, you know, nowadays it's awesome because you have more resources, you know. And so there are YouTube tutorials, there are these uh, there are a lot more, you know, websites where people could go and get more information if they're into it, but you know, being an educator, you know, you you have it's it's also inspiring so like you have to inspire the kids so i'll come out and i'll just go i'll just start (laughs) scratching and i'll go i'll go in you know and then it kind of like and i always tell them like this is how i do it you know like this is how i mix like you know you might have a totally different style than me and that's what makes you unique you know i don't let them i don't say hey this is the right or wrong you know i definitely show them the fundamentals of mixing two records and trying to keep the same tempo and and definitely like the effects that you could do and and different ways you could blend music yeah. you right. know but ultimately my field is uh, is is up to the individual it's up to the individual to create to create Uh, and to show who they are through the music and the records they they play. So, you know, I'm playing – I'll play some old-school hip-hop, you know, mixed with, like, you know, some trap, and, like, I'll mix it all up, and that's my style. And I always tell them, like, don't feel like you have to play what the records I'm playing. And, you know, if you you love country music, like – sample a country song and, 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 and make it your own, nice. you know? And so I don't, I, I think that's what is really fun about my job. It's not, it's not like math where it's like, this is the only way to get to the answer or like, you know, like this is it. There's, you know, style is, is unique, you know? And so that's, you know, it's all about being just, you're having the best style. Um, You've DJed all over.
0: What was one of your most memorable, unique, fun dynamic moments in djing
1: you know coachella was a big thing for me like being you know and still being able to work with coachella and being asked to be a part of coachella okay so rewind here when i first bought my turntables you know that when i said i was frustrated and i didn't know what i was getting myself into that first year was the first coachella OK, 1999 was okay. when I bought my turntables and I had in my turntables for about six months. Coachella happens. I'm from the Coachella Valley, born yeah. and raised. I go to Coachella and I'm kind of at that point where I'm getting frustrated. I'm like, I don't know. Like, what did I do? I spent like four hundred dollars <laughs> and for, you know, for like a, f- you know, 15 year old kid, that's a lot of money, you yeah, know. Yeah. So like I was like, I don't know, like I think I might just get rid of these turntables because I was getting frustrated. I went to Coachella. Yeah. I saw the best DJs in the world. Like, and I, it was like all the motivation I needed at the right time for me to go home and be like, no, I am going to DJ on that stage one day. You know, like that's my, that was like one of my goals as like, you're not a good DJ unless you play Coachella (laughs) in like my mind, you know? And so I was like, you know, it literally took 10 years for me to be. And uh, wow. a fan, yeah. you know, uh, 10 years it took me to to make it onto that main stage – or to to one of the main stages at Coachella, the yeah. Sahara 10, you know. And it was like that, that set for me was – I literally – I opened Coachella up. I was – you know, my name was the smallest on the list, you know. It was <laughs> Kanye West that year, the year I played. Yeah. His name was huge. And then my name was the very last name. Yeah. But it actually helped me because people read – they only read the last, they like read the, they're like, who's the last name, you know? And so <laughs> everyone kept uh, looking at that name when it first came out and people were calling me and I was an intern in Hollywood at that time. Wow. Like I was the intern you know, like, and then the people at my office were like, wait, the intern is playing Coachella. <laughs> like what is going on here? You know, cause I had kept it a secret, but yeah, I would say Coachella being, being a fan, yeah. you know, and being inspired, being that 15 year old kid that is just like, Oh my God, music. Like, I love this feeling. And I, I'm being inspired by, you know, I saw The Roots that year. I saw this group called Ugly Duckling. Uh, they had this amazing, they have this amazing DJ named DJ Einstein, who's now one of my friends. And he, wow. like, we, we DJ together now. Like, and it's <laughs> insane. So it's like, I was, you know, I saw Cut Chemist, DJ Shadow. You know, I saw yeah. DJing on the highest level that year. And for me, you know, I always thought in my mind, I was like, I'm going to be like 40 or 50 years old. And Coachella is like the last thing I do, you know. <laughs> and I would say the exact opposite happened a um, happy. I, I mean, I was working really hard and, and the festival was noticing what what I was doing in Palm Springs uh, I was the resident DJ at the Ace Hotel. Yeah. And yeah. so I was building buzz and my parties are diverse. You know, you would see, you know, Black people there, Mexican people there, gay, straight, you know, older people there. Like I yeah. was literally bringing in all these walks of life through music. And yeah. the name of my, that party was called World Famous. And the, world, the reason we called it World Famous is because I wanted to play like this global, like the world, like the world sound. So we use the globe as like our logo, you know. So uh, Golden Voice, which throws Coachella, they saw what I was doing and they said, you know, would you like to play Coachella? I was like. Wow, it was like a it was a full circle from being a fan and in those ten years working. and now that was two thousand and eleven when the first time I ever made the lineup at Coachella, the official lineup. yeah. and now i'm I'm happy to say that I've played every Coachella since two thousand
0: and eleven. dude that's that's very cool. and that's so. I, I want to ask you because I can hear in in when when you you talk, you put a lot of thought into multiple aspects of what you do, from the education to you know uh the the naming of uh the the event that you were doing what role has has education played in 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 what you're doing now?
1: I could honestly say I would have never played Coachella if I didn't come to u c r and get my education here I, t- I could honestly say that <laughs> like I could honestly say that because you know it started off honestly and I was telling you know the the uh, you know when I was on the tour, I was telling Austin this that you know like. Literally, those two Dow Tuesdays really did change my life. Wow. You know, being able to come and DJ every Tuesday, even if it was one hour a day, I mean, one hour a week. It was like the university started taking notice. They yeah. were like, "Man, you guys are getting a good a good crowd over here. Like, let's let's throw an urban arts festival. Yeah. You know, let's 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 throw heat now. Let's like let's throw these things around campus." I was DJing for the African Student Union. Um, I was DJing, you know, the Chicano clubs. Like, I was DJing all these different things, and it was it was opening me up to this world of possibilities of like you know music is a tool to unify people it's it's uh you know it's you know and with the what we we did with hip-hop congress here yeah so our chapter of hip-hop congress here was very active you know very active we were we were definitely using hip-hop congress and hip-hop as just a tool to open doors for us
0: what have you learned from something that might have been perceived as a setback or a failure. Is there something that that you went, man, you know, uh this isn't a thing but you learned something from it that helped you progress?
1: I mean, I feel like there's a lot of those <laughs> like being like a business person, entrepreneur, you know. I I've been I've been a full-time DJ now for about 5 years, 6 years, yeah you know. I was a teacher. I was a teacher in Eagle Rock in Los Angeles Uh, after college I moved to Los Angeles and I was an intern it was I was interning at a music studio but you know I had to pay my bills so I was also a teacher I was a computer teacher at an elementary school uh, for about almost five years you know and so you know I kind of like I had to make this decision at a certain point you know where it was like and what it was is one of the teachers on the faculty, I think she was celebrating, you know, her 30th year teaching uh-huh. at the elementary school yeah. and, and something triggered me, you know, for some reason I was like, wow, she's been here for 30 years. Like, you know, and I had been there for four years and it felt like a blink of an eye, you wow. know, and I, I kind of, I kind of was like, you know what I need to, you know, and it was weird. Cause I. It literally I played Coachella the first year and I still work there as a teacher, oh, wow. you know? It was like I st- I remember playing Coachella 2011 yeah. and then and I and then even after that like I would go up to my boss, the principal, and basically be like, "Hey, I'm playing Coachella. Like, I'm going to be <laughs> gone for 2 weeks." And she'd be like, "Oh, cool." You know, yeah. like the kids love you. You're such an inspiration. And so I kind of had this thing where I was like, it was like a cushion, you know, right, like, right. you know, because she's like, oh, we'll get a sub. No worries. You know, but I, I kind of always felt tied down. Like I was like, oh, man, I still have to like go to my nine to five, you know. And and I, it was heartbreaking for me to like leave a lot of those students because, you know, as a male uh, teacher, a lot of those students, some of them, you know, didn't have a father you know fathers and i was kind of like a father figure for them because i was also the soccer coach the basketball coach you know i was working at the school and i was a, a part of these kids lives so it was very hard for me to have to say like you know what i need to i need to really like I need to go all in on my music career. Like now is the time, yeah. you know, like I, there's opportunities coming and I'm not going to get them if, if I'm if I'm tied down to this job at the moment, you know. And so it was very hard for me to make that decision. And people could say, oh, but it was like, you know, it's a safe thing. Like, oh, you have a safe right. nine to five job, you know. But for some reason, I was kind of like, I don't want to be like having celebrating my 20 year anniversary at the school right. when right. I could have like, uh, inspired, you know, those same kids in a different like way yeah. through my music or you know through my art and my creating.
0: I love the idea of 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 imagining students telling you know their parents that we have a sub because our you know our teacher is playing Coachella for you know like just, <laughs> <laughs> just that's like a, a great visual. Now, let's get into the creator state of mind. In each episode, we ask our guests to share what's been on their minds, something they can't stop thinking about, a new challenge they're facing, or what's inspired them into action recently. We call it the creator state of mind.
1: Um, I'm really inspired. I'm going to be putting out my catalog of music out. Uh, I'm going to be start, start dropping. Uh, I, I've... I haven't dropped my music on Spotify. People keep asking me, like, why isn't your music okay. on Spotify? And I got when I got into music and, and releasing music, it was through SoundCloud. It was, like, when SoundCloud was in its kind of early days. And so I released some of my projects through SoundCloud. But I never thought Spotify, and you know, was going to really take o- take off, like, the yeah. way it is. So I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited to be creating new music and be so putting it out. So talk a little bit
0: about, about the company, about the music you're creating and, yeah. you
1: know. So I have... Um, I created this label called Super Sonido Uh Sistema. That's the actual term. Um, Some people call it just Super Sonido. And it's, so I'm Mexican American. I'm first generation, you know? And so, you know, my parents are both from Mexico. My dad's from Jalisco, my mom's from Zacatecas. So I grew up speaking Spanish and inspired by mariachi and the banda music. And so I was, that was like my parents, you know, influencing me. But my sisters and I were all born in America. Okay. So we were influenced by MTV. Yeah, you know, yeah. being, I was a little kid when Billy Idol came out. <laughs> so, like, like, I was, like, into Billy Idol and, like, Madonna and, like, you wow. know, Run DMC and, and stuff like that. So I was inspired by hip-hop, you know, and rock and roll music and obviously my parents. So with my company that yeah. I created... It's the super sonido. Sonido means sound. Right. Super sound. So I created kind of like this this label then, and it has a lot of different... This label, to me, is a way for me to, um, you know, throw parties, events, and, and have like a stamp, you know, yeah. and also a way for me to release music. Um, but another thing, too, is... Another thing that gets me excited in, like, the future is, you know, this uh, Super Sonido is also a van, a a 1979 Volkswagen van Uh that I've converted into a DJ booth. And (laughs) it literally is a mobile DJ booth. And I could could drive anywhere and have a mobile party with my turntables set up. And it's kind of like this dream uh car that i always had in my head you know ever since i was 10 years old i always was fascinated with a volkswagen van and or a bus that's a volkswagen bus yes and so it's like the hippie you know the hippie buses and so about two years ago i acquired one uh the super sonido bus which we called it super sonido and i go to events um Obviously, mostly outdoor events, and I'm able to just roll up and and, and start doing parties and through wow. and it's inspired wow. by the Jamaican sound systems yeah. of Jamaica, really, yes. which is kind of the roots of hip hop. You right. know, Cool Herc is Jamaican, and so I I'm very hip hop, like to the bone. So wow. like the fact that uh, you know in Jamaica they were having these sound systems and they were playing 45s of American music, but they were doing it in their version, you know? And then that music was coming back to New York, coming back to America and Cool Herc started mixing that. And like, it's very inspiring. So the backbone of all of this is hip hop and and the music. And so.
0: It is always a valuable learning opportunity to take time to reflect. At the end of each interview we like to ask our guests this. In hindsight, what is something you wish you would have known when you were starting out? I think like
1: like I literally have nothing to lose, you know? Like I think like sometimes you value other people's opinions and you might be influenced by what other people are thinking or like sometimes that would hold that holds back people from trying new things or being different or like you know, buying a van and making it a making making it a DJ booth where people think I'm crazy. You know, but once they see it, you know they they enjoy it. So I think like, you know, just this the ideology that you know no one's real opinion really matters as long as you're you see the vision. You yeah. know, and I think sometimes being a being younger, you know, you you kind of hold back or like. You you know I think like now that I know like I have nothing to lose like you know I I'm like you know I I, I think being being able to to just tap into that you know like uh, you know as if I was younger you know like you know just being able to like really showcase myself you know like and not be scared you know like I think like what like that idea.
0: But this is it's, it's been so great. I'm so I'm so proud to have had something to do with with what you're Absolutely. doing with where you are thank you i appreciate um, it. i
1: appreciate what you do here with the hip-hop theater and yeah. and just being able to accommodate us and and with with hip-hop congress when we were here yeah. and and being very generous with your dj gear yeah it really
0: it really did change my life um i'm 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 humbled because uh you know for me it was just a matter of saying yeah go ahead it's you know here's the key <laughs> Thanks for listening. Find more information about our guests at creatorstate.com. Do you know someone creating something great? Send us what you're creating for a chance to be featured in an upcoming episode. Write us at creatorstate at ucr.edu. There's a team creating this podcast. Help us out by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And while you're there, leave us a review. Our producer for this show is Jennifer Merritt with audio and editing by Kevin Williams. Digital strategy by Kelly McGrail, Madeline Adamo, and Rutna Garadia. Designed by Chrissy Danforth, Denise Wolfe, Brad Rowe, and creative director Luis Sanz. Special thanks to Austin Quick, Christina Rodriguez, Christy Zwicky, Jessica Weber, Kate Beach, Christy Bieber, Taylor Rutherford, and Tess Eirich. This show is brought to you by the University of California, Riverside. I'm your host, Kirby Hines. Thanks for joining us in the creator state. I've always wanted to do a rap song. I say, yo, turn up my headphones. (laughs) But that's as close as I'm going to get.